Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Someone do it long, long time ago, sort of the rabbit rabbit. So rabbit rabbit is just a phrase to make it the best month ever. Um, 
So I've already texted my boys that this morning. Before we say a word to each other, it's got to be that. And it's just another way to sort of start anew, to start fresh, a new month. And I listened to the speaker before me, and I just think it's always great to emphasize the importance of consistency. You don't have to do something really hard every day. You don't have to do something difficult all the time. But it's always important to be consistent. And I just always note that when I see people who are successful and I see people who are thriving, really it's talent is something and drive is something, but the real thing is consistency. Can you come back and do something every day, whether it's exercise, whether it's mental fitness, whether it's something to do with your own discipline? You can miss a day. You can miss a day here or there, but can you come back? I always am impressed with people that just have remarkable consistency of good habits because it's so easy to stray. And we obviously just came off this weekend of football and food and family and opportunities just to sort of fall off. But can you get back? You know, can you get back to where you need to be consistent-wise, doing those things that help you be the best you can be every day? And if not every day, just make it a habit. You can miss a day, but can you come back? The people that don't come back are the people that have much harder times getting back on track as it goes. But as Sarah mentioned, there's just so much going on in my world. And for people who don't know me, I know I'm relatively new to Clubhouse. I have a background in sports, really three chapters in the business and legal side of sports. Uh, four chapters. The first chapter really doesn't mean anything because I was a very unsuccessful <laughs> pro athlete. I was a tennis player that got as high as like 2,500 in the world. And my opponents made me realize I better do something else with my life. Um, so I went to law school. I was an agent representing athletes, tennis players, football players, basketball players for many years. And speaking of football, I had a lot of Green Bay Packers, and when they made changes back many years ago, they decided to ask me to switch sides, which I did. So I went from the labor side, representing players, which I liked, to the management side, representing the team, and mainly contract negotiations with players, now being on the other side of the table. For 10 years and then I decided I wanted to do something else with my life and I left the Packers because I wanted to explore two areas media and academia where I thought I could really pull back the curtain for people and talk about what really goes on in the world of sports been doing so for ESPN on television for Sports Illustrated my writing for my own podcast the business of sports for my newsletter every Sunday, you sign up at andrew-brandt.com, and obviously a lot of TV, radio, and podcasts for other people as well. I also, on the, me on the academic side, have been running a program at Villanova University, where I'm in the process of writing my exam now for the fall semester, where it's really, again, letting the students in on my knowledge, and I don't teach a traditional law class or business school class. I teach a class that really draws on my experiences and insights from being in the business, and I think the students appreciate that and enjoy that. And I have six students that are my fellows that sort of are my shadows every day as well. 
So that's nice to have. The one thing that sort of struck, there's been so much going on in the world of sports. The one thing that struck me this week, and I think some of you know this, some of you aren't the biggest college football fans, but two of the most prominent college football coaches in the country had their last game. You know, this is sort of the end of the college football season this past weekend. And they skipped. And what do I mean by that? They had their last game with two prominent schools, and they just left. They skipped. They bounced. Because they got better college football jobs in other parts of the country, and they just skipped. (laughs) They just bounced all these athletes that they recruited, all these players they looked in their eyes and their parents' eyes and said, I'm here for your son. They're gone. And it really sort of dramatizes the business of college football on the coaching side, not so much on the player side. Player side we can talk about, but the contracts don't mean a thing. So specifically, Lincoln Riley was, as of two days ago, the coach of the University of Oklahoma, one of the storied programs in college football, and University of Southern California in L.A. came calling. And all of a sudden, he's on a plane, private plane under the cover of darkness the other night, flying from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles to take a new job where they're paying him, who knows, $100 million. They're paying off his houses in Norman, Oklahoma, and here he is, gone. And University of Oklahoma students are like scratching their head. What happened? Why? Wait, what? He decided USC was a better job for him and his family than Oklahoma. The next day, Brian Kelly, the coach of Notre Dame, you can't think of a more storied football program in college than Notre Dame. Well, he could because he went to Louisiana State University, LSU in Baton Rouge. He bounced. He sent a text out to his students, I'm sorry, his student athletes, like 11 o'clock on Monday night and said, we'll be having a meeting at 7 a.m. These poor kids had to get out of bed, come to an 11-minute meeting where he said, I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone because LSU's offering me $100 million, and I'm gone. And LSU, in his mind, is a better job in college football than Notre Dame. He thought he could recruit better players, have a better chance at national championship. All the while, Notre Dame's number five in the country right now. LSU's not rated. So this is all going on, and I come at it from a lot of different perspectives, but I try to look at it, okay, let's look at it from the coach perspective. Let's try to give them the benefit of the doubt, these coaches. They are seeing a better opportunity for themselves. What are they supposed to do? Just stay at the school they want, they are at, and not the school that wants them so desperately that they want to go to? Okay. Could there be a better way to communicate that to the students? I don't know. If you're gone, you're gone. But I do think it requires maybe after the speed of the change, which seems to have to happen because recruits move on and all this happens so fast, there's got to be a better way to have communication 
to have the players understand what they're doing in a very reassuring way. So this has happened. Coaching free agency, where coaches decide, ah, I don't want to play. I don't want to coach here anymore. I like this other place. And they leave behind all this detritus of broken promises, lies, mistruths, all in the name of their own success. And you start thinking about, well, wait a minute. What is college athletics all about? College athletics is a way to enrich the lives of student athletes while they're at their college. Because, again, it is college. This is not professional sports. But then it always comes back to me at the end of these discussions about big-time college football, big-time college basketball, in some ways, they're really professional sports. You know, they are really professional sports with the advantage for the management side that there is no real costs for labor. There are really no costs for labor. Yes, you give out scholarships, and I know the value of that. They have tremendous value, these scholarships. But when you get to certain levels in college sports, and I was never at this level. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And most college athletes, 95% of them, are never at this level. But if you get to a certain level, you're really not talking about college sports. College sports is, you know, players just working their butts off trying to get an experience knowing there's no well, 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 there's well, no well, life well, after this for career follow. they're just getting a, a nice experience in their four or five years at college that's going to help them enrich their lives and be better rounded people for their future careers that's 95 percent of college athletes but for these five percent it's pro sports it really is without being paid by the colleges now, we do have opportunities for college athletes that we never had before this year, something called name image likeness rights, where college athletes can make money from third-party endorsers. In other words, come to my kid's birthday party, we'll pay you, come do this deal for this, this car company, this furniture company, come sign autographs here, do me shout-outs on Instagram, shout-outs on Cameo, for the first time, these athletes can get paid for that, but that money is nominal for most athletes. That money is hundreds of dollars, thousands maybe. But I'm just struck by Lincoln Riley, University of Oklahoma, gone. Hey, dudes, I'm bouncing to L.A. Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, gone. I'm bouncing to Baton Rouge. I'm out. And it just happens. It's over. They're gone. And they're taking staffs with them, coaches. So 
I want to see. It happened so fast, the finality of it, and these kids are left behind, and these promises made to them, their parents and their girlfriends and their their families beyond their parents, their brothers and sisters, like, I'm going to be there. It's over. So I guess I'm left with there's a lot of people out there, even me, who's been in the business of sports for 30 years, who have had this innocence about college sports. It's tough to keep that. It's tough to keep that innocence about college sports. Now, pro sports is different. You know, they're paid. It's a different situation. But we really have to come to this realization when when we talk about the highest levels of college sports, the ones on TV every Saturday, it's pro. I mean, it's really professional without the labor costs. And it's unfortunate that some of these kids, you know, have this is their life and they're not going to make it in the pros. And they listened to these coaches, and they trusted them. That's just where we are. Just wanted to get that out. As Sarah said, there's so much going on in my world these days. You have all the major sports in action. Basketball, football, hockey, baseball is its busiest time because free agency started in baseball. New teams, new contracts, big money being spent. Might be a labor situation with collective bargaining. So with all that background, I would just want to throw that out there. All three of these guys exist and right here take questions from this great group. To know I know you don't talk a lot of sports in this group, but here I am for your weekly dose of Andrew Brandt Sports. So I'll take any questions if anyone has or anyone else wants to join in. We started basically in February. We're like in the fourth quarter. Hey, Andrew. David here. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, my friend. Good. Andrew, so, and listen, I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. I mean, one of the things that really struck me was the Brian Kelly situation, just because, and it's it's funny, you know, we live in a world now where everything will come back, you know, and bite you if you if you're on the wrong side of things and um he was he was caught on film in an interview asking do you see any scenario any scenario where you would leave um the program uh the Notre Dame program and he basically said unequivocally absolutely positively not one week later the dude's gone like one week later he's texting his players to say hey it's been good um but don't you think all of that really uh, finds roots in the fact of what you said is that we may view this as collegiate sports as something bigger and something um, you know simpler than professional sports um, it's about school spirit it's about pride it's about you know all those things but it is at the end of the day a massive business and this machine you know, is ruled by the NCAA. And we all know that if you go to colleges, you know, the big money is going to go to the big football programs and the big basketball programs. And then it really uh, falls off from there. You know, you're not getting big money piled into field hockey, you know, or, or into swimming or into even baseball. Um, so don't you think that 
all of this will kind of, you kind of have to sit back and say, well, this is kind of the house that the NCA made. This is the way it's always going to be. It's just like student athletes that sign up and make a commitment to go to Duke or go to UNC for basketball, and one year later, they're out because it's in their intelligent best interest to sign a contract with the NBA. So can you speak to that? Yeah, everything's about priorities and everything's about looking after themselves. We do talk about teams so much in sports, but I always talk about two parts of the year for it depends on the sport in terms of what time they are. There's the in-season part, right, which college football just ended. I know we have the bowls, but this is really the in-season part. And that's a we time, right? In-season is we time. Off-season is me time. And I've always noted that about sports, working on all sides of it, especially being an agent and being a team representative. Once the season ends, once the players are off to their off-season homes, it's me time, right? They're worried about their contract, their playing time, what's best for them next season, what are they going to do? And this is sort of extending out to what I talked about with these coaches. Season's over. I know we got bowls, but that's for a a month away. And it's me time. And they're looking out for themselves. In season, it's all in. Hey, we're all together. Everyone's holding hands. It's great. But we go to me time. The other point I want to emphasize what David said, and I said it many times a few minutes ago, it's such a small percentage. Now, so I know we're, I'm at Villanova. We have 24 sports. Villanova, we have 24 sports. One, one of those 24 makes us money. And that's the team that has won two of the last college basketball, last five college basketball championships. That's what I'm calling you to Our men's basketball team. So think about funding Has anybody ever heard where we're trying to fund 24 sports Dawson, including football and we have one making Ross money Dawson. so this is yeah, what people don't see about college athletics as david said all these the Warren field Buffett hockey the soccer the lacrosse the swimming and diving the track and field those are operated a loss but Never, and I'm in these meetings, would we ever consider cutting any sports because it's such a valuable opportunity. 650 student-athletes at my university, Villanova. And again, 15 of them are on a sport that makes money. 15 of the 650. So... This is, but again, this, you have to come back to it, sort of circle all the way back to the beginning. Even in the lower school level, elementary school, starting that. Do we want this as a part of the education experience? And you know my answer, listening to me, for those of you who have, absolutely. There's nothing better than sports. Sports is a bonding experience. Sports is a leadership experience. Sports is a community experience. And sports, more than anything, allows for great exercise and wellness benefits at any level. At any level. Move. 
Move. That's what we're really saying to people. Move your body. Because of technology, so, because of the way we're communicating now, because this of the is sort of the, the look in this segment at college sports in general. It is emphasized and accentuated this week by these massive free agent moves of these college coaches. Hundred a million dollars. And then everyone's well, where's this money coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this money's coming from. But there are enough people interested, associated with USC and LA, associated with LSU and in Louisiana, associated with all these schools, where they can put together a package totaling nearly a hundred million dollars for a coach of a university that doesn't pay its players. So the dichotomy is just out there. So you have that, and that again, that five percent put that in the other side of the room. Come over to this 95%, and you're like, wow, there's no money in college sports. China and but Eastern Roman what a great experience. What a great experience. When I meet people that played college sports, any level, any sport, pick a sport. Again, field hockey, soccer, wrestling, gymnastics. They are so ago, proud of that experience. Of money that they they are so proud. Of course, they weren't going to go into pros. No, some small but they are so, they are still in Jobs touch with their teammates. Ago, the they look back on those four years with extreme ago, fondness, and that experience at their college the land, dwarfs the land any the of their classes, the their teachers, the their other experiences, so their frats, their sororities. So, that you could so I just think it's such a powerful so experience, taxes, but then this other 5%, it's like, wow, this is pro sports operating on university levels. A thousand years ago, other questions. Most people, yes, there were the hey, Andrew, the uh, this is Alex Carter, people, huge, huge college football fan hey, Alex. Uh, in this house. Nice to meet you. This, I've really been Everything enjoying this conversation, both as a lifelong, as a light, it's interesting, my house, you won't believe it, we are huge Notre Dame Food, fans. Um, half simple. of my family went to if Notre Dame. I rebelled and, and went to Georgetown, it, which was not popular. But but I was there during if Allen Iverson, so that was exciting it. on a different uh, sports level. That's it. Uh, and uh, in adulthood, we've become huge fans of LSU. Clothing, we go down there every there year. Linen, and so this weekend's leather, news was, was like linen. all of our world's okay. – um, colliding and just a couple of thoughts based on on what you said you know it is incredible to me you know again i went to a school that didn't have a huge football team right um lsu you know we have friends down there who said you know they're on the board of the local symphony orchestra and they needed to raise like a hundred thousand dollars and it took them five years meanwhile at lsu the mascot mike the tiger needs a new five million dollar habitat i think they raised it in a weekend i mean it just people could not give so enough money for Mike the Tiger to have this incredibly now, impressive habitat on LSU's campus. It's clear the, the football program is just a, is a tremendous draw. It's like now, nothing I've ever seen. Happened. You know, and with the phenomenal, news about the coach, thought, right? I was thinking to my daughter, phenomenal who thought. is 10 years old. And I think she is an elite competitive swimmer. Right now, right? And 
this summer with her beloved coach of several years, right at the local YMCA. We're looking ahead to her 10-year-old season and we're making plans for her goals. And we sign her up for the year, so it's not a four-year commitment, but we commit to next year. And then at a practice in early September, the coach sits them down and says, guys, I'm leaving Livingston. I'm going to the Madison YMCA. And the kids cried literally, right? I mean, it, it, it was a similar thing, right? And we had just talked about the goals and all that. You know, and I will say it was heartbreaking, Andrew, but in, in my house, it was also, it was a conversation about resilience, about finding your own way, about knowing that, you know, nothing in life is guaranteed, nothing is a constant, and how do we find ourselves and connect back to our goals, even if a beloved coach who's really invested in you, right, has made this um, last-minute decision. You know, and I think it's a little bit less about the individual coaches and more about the system. You know, there I think there are reasons why things happen the way they do. You know, I I was saying right. to her that if the coach left, you know, in June, so right, before um, people committed to the program, you'd have massive upheaval, right? You'd have parents shuffling their kids all over the state and, in the next and think about all the upheaval days, that would cause. So sometimes it's about the, the, um, the system. So that's just okay. an observation uh, based on what you were talking about. We had that personal conversation in my home. As a lawyer, I'm interested in the name image likeness stuff and and what you think maybe the next frontiers or the next battles or interesting choice points are going to be but again thank you for these remarks and i've just been geeking out and totally enjoying this conversation this is great alex i mean you're a living example of everything i'm talking about and your connection to both notre dame and lsu are fascinating as well as your connection to georgetown i'm an alum of the law school uh it's fascinating that what you're experiencing in your household is really what all fans at, at some age experiences. And I, I don't mean to make it as dramatic as loss of innocence, but it is that feeling where, you know, these players come and go, especially college, right? You, if you attach to star players in college, you know they're gone. In basketball, as David said, some of them leave after six months. They're, they're one year. And in football, they leave well, after two, three, four years. Hopefully, And maybe that's how we see coaches now. Okay. And it's that old Seinfeld no line, like we're rooting for laundry. You know, we're really rooting no, for laundry. We're rooting for the color of the uniform. We're rooting for that. That's our home. And we sort of have to get past the names on these jerseys. We just got to, you know, and that's hard because I know the value of these players to, to young people especially. But at some point, we're really having to learn. We're just going to root for the, the name on the front of the jersey more than the name on the back of the jersey. And that's an interesting thing. Yeah, in my remaining minute, I do want to address Alex's point about name and likeness. For people who don't know, starting July 1 of this year, a lot of state laws were going into effect that allowed for players who cannot, never have been able to earn money off the field, off the court, off the diamond, off the track, to have that ability. 
the NCA has re- has loosened that restriction. To be clear, it's not the schools, right? So schools cannot pay student athletes. Period. That remains in effect. But third parties can. So as I said, you can do shout outs on Instagram and all these kind of things. The one thing that's happened in the last six months of its existence, Alex, that I find interesting is it's not just the football and basketball players. It's all sports. Now, the money is not big compared to the star quarterbacks in football programs. But all kinds of athletes, women's athletes, women's athletes are getting these deals. And I think that's great. I think that people said, well, it'll only be the star quarterbacks or the college basketball stars. or No, it's all. But then over the next there are thousands months, of student athletes making money off the field. Now, it's the Wild West because we've never had this before. And, like, I'm looking at some deals for some of our student athletes, and I'm like, she's just written on a napkin. And I have to write up a little contract. And we have a player that wants to use a certain chiropractor, and it's going to do shout-outs on the, on the Instagram for the chiropractor, but we don't. Our trainers don't want him using the chiropractor. Uh, so all these little things are coming up, and you're trying to figure it out and make everyone happy. But the fact is, here we go. We're entering a new phase of college athletics where players can actually earn income off the field and maybe balance the scales a tiny bit, a tiny bit. That's my to what to the coaches already have, which is full-blown free agency no matter their contract, as we've just seen this year. It's been a fun conversation. I appreciate and such great insight from Alex as well, but I have to pass it to my friend David. I'm back every uh, Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, for you guys, talking my world of sports. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew Brandt too. Twitter, of course, Andrew Brandt. That's my main forum. And, of course, the Sunday 7 newsletter. Just DM me. I'll get it to you or andrew-brandt.com to sign up. This is a sports podcast. Uh, and I'm going on CNBC, I think, tomorrow morning to talk about this baseball situation going on right now. Anyway, thanks to all. Always love being here for my half hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.